thank you, Jesus, that I am no longer a slave to sin, but I am a child of God because of your love today, Lord. You know, I want to speak to you. It's good to see you today. Happy Valentine's Day. And I welcome our Whiteville campus all the way up in Columbus County. They, they mess with me, and so I have to mess with them. Can you hear me now? And so, uh, anyway, it's good. It's glad to have, if you're online today, joining us with us. Uh, I just want to talk today about love. And I'm not talking about a love that the world has diluted. I'm not talking about a love that lets you down or puts you out. I'm talking about a love that stays with you forever and ever. And that love comes from no one but God, God's love in your life. And I believe, this is my belief, I believe today that in this world that we're in, that this word love is misused, it's abused, and it's just taken too lightly, and we use it too much. For instance, like this, okay? Are you ready? I love my family, and I love my dog. Yeah, makes them feel good, huh? I love my wife, and I love the lunch buffet at Sir Pizza. Yeah, she's not here this morning. It wouldn't go over well good either, right? How about this? I love God, and I love Krispy Kreme donuts. It's kind of just used so much that there's really no true meaning in that because we love everything, right? I mean, when when my kids were little, and, and they would do something wrong, and, and I would spank them, and if you're here today and you're like 10 or under, maybe 12, that's when you get your bottom paddle for which most kids today don't know what that is. But I would spank them. And so I would always tell them, I said, look, I love you. And, and you know, you did this wrong and this is going to hurt me worse than it's going to hurt you. And so I would bend it over and I'd hit them and I'd say, I love you. And they're like, what? I love you. I love you. And they'd get up and I wonder what they thought in that little mind. Man, is this love? Daddy, stop loving me. Right? It's so misused and abused out there. I was uh, here in uh, 1982 to 1986, stationed down at Myrtle Beach Air Force Base uh, in, the, in the Air Force. And when I left my time here, we moved back to Troy, North Carolina, where we were from. And uh, we uh, got settled in there. And, and I went to work for the Montgomery County Sheriff's Department because I thought it would be so cool if I could have a badge and, and, and drive a car with blue lights. But the biggest reason I wanted to wear that Smokey the Bear hat, I thought that was the bomb. And so, you know, we had a good time there. And uh, But in that job, on several occasions, I was dispatched to a call that we know as domestic violence calls. And these are the worst calls. When that call comes on the radio and you know where you're going, your mouth just goes dry because these are these places that you really just don't want to go, but you have to go there. And I remember going one night up to the Richmond County line where Montgomery and Richmond come together. And there'd been a, a, a fuss up there. And for whatever reason, man, I don't know, for whatever reason, this husband, had taken a piece of furniture and, and hid across his wife's back and, and broke that piece of furniture. And I remember going in up there as the rescue squad was getting her on the, the uh, bed there and getting ready to go her out. And, and we had this guy in custody. And he says, I just want to say one thing. And I looks, all right, what, man? And he looks at this wife as they're rolling her out on this gurney. He says, I love you. Come on, man. That is not love. That is not the love that I'm talking about to you today. I'm talking about a love that God himself has for you that no one else 
loves you like God loves you. And so I just want you to know this morning that if you want to see a picture of love, then you've got to look to that cross because there's the best picture of love that you will ever see in your life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That's love. That's what I'm talking about this morning. That's the kind of love. It's a love for the unworthy. And I want you to know I wasn't worthy of that. And don't feel bad because you wasn't either. But God loved us that much. He was willing to send his son to take all of the iniquity, all of our sins, all of our mess up, all of our misses upon him because that's what love looked like. God loved us and he did this and it was for the unworthy. And <clears throat> excuse me, you know, it's a love that's poured out uh, to others, whether they're worthy or not. If, if you know Jesus Christ this morning as your Lord and Savior, then there was a love that was poured out upon you and it should transform your life. It should change your vision. So as you move on this journey and you see others, whether you think they're worthy from the, from the top CEO to the homeless man, you ought to see them with eyes of love because God loves you and God loves them. And so here at, at, at the campuses here and at North Myrtle Beach up in Whiteville, we are constantly pouring into those who volunteer and those who come and serve. And you will hear it here from Pastor Chris and, and Mitch and the other staff. We are constantly talking about why we do what we do is because of love, because we love others. When that person walks up that street and, and he begins to set down those cones and, and he puts it down and he looks, it's, it's not because it looks cool, man, look at that. That's not it. It's because one day he experienced the love of God and he understands if I can put this down and somebody comes down this highway and they say somebody cares in there and they come in, they're going to find God's love. That's why they do it. Those people who stand up there at that roadway and they put on those vests and, and, and they're doing the flags. I mean, I know they probably think they're at Top Gun or something, but that's not it. They do that. Because of love, they want you to safely get from that parking lot over into this church area because they understand what God did in their life and they want that for your life. That's what love is. As you meet these people up there that, that, that shakes your hand and that dude that hugs everybody, man, he's not just hugging because he likes hugging. It's God's love in him that he understands how God hugged him one day. And if he hugs you, he hugs you because he wants you to find that same love that he experienced with God on one day. These people who serve at this cafe, it's love. These people who give you the pulses as you walk in, it's love. As these people try to help you find your seat in here, they want you to say, cause it's love. When Pastor Clay stands on this platform and he speaks to you, when I have the opportunity to come here and speak to you, when others come here and speak to you, it's not about us. It's because I know one day God looked down and he saw me and he loved me when I was unlovable. And it transformed my life and it changed my vision. And when I look out here today and I see you, I just want you to know that same love God has for you that he had for me. And if you have any other, any other thought of what love is, then you've missed it. It's all about serving. So if you have your Bibles with you, I want to share with you today out of 
It's called the love chapter. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And so if you want to turn over there, it's in the New Testament side of the Bible. You'll pass through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You'll hit Acts, go to Roman. There you got two letters to the church at Corinth. And it's called 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. So in this 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I want you to just check this out for a minute. In Paul's letter there, in chapter number 12, He writes about the spiritual gifts. Everyone sitting in here at the sound of my voice online and at the Whiteville campus, God has given you a talent and God has given you a gift to be a part of the body of the Christ so that the church will function. When Jesus went back to heaven, he left that responsibility to us to be the church and to function as he did. Amen? And so Paul writes this letter. Here's all the gifts and talents and stuff. And when you put these together in chapter 14 with the body of Christ and you come together and you make this body, but then he stopped right in the middle of that. And in chapter 13, in 13 verses, he wrote this thing about love because this is what I know this morning. I don't care what kind of gifts or talents you have, and I don't care what position that you are in the body of Christ. If you don't come back to the center, if you don't have love, it's worthless. It's worthless. It's all about love. Your gifts, you do it because of love. And you come to part of the body because of love. And you serve because of love. It's not a love that this world has told you about. You may be here today and just like this video, love hurts me and love stinks. Love has burned me, so I'm going to put walls up, and I don't, I'm not even going to deal with love. You don't understand the love that I want to share with you today in this letter that Paul wrote. Listen to what he says in chapter 13, verse number 1. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Listen, he understands here. Paul says, listen, if I could speak every language of the world, That would be pretty awesome if you could do that. And if I even had the ability to speak an angel language, I don't even know what that would sound like, but if I could speak like angels and all this, but I didn't have love. It's just white noise. It's just a, it's just a clanging symbol. Nobody hears that. Listen, if I got up here and preached to you and I didn't have love in my heart, it wouldn't connect with you. But I can preach to you today about love. Because I have experienced God's love and forgiveness in my heart. I'm not telling you something that I heard about. I am telling you today about something that I have experienced. And it's God's love. And praise the Lord this morning for that. And that same love that God gave upon me. When I look out and I see people every day. It's for them too. And so I want them to understand this too. Paul says... Here, he says, if I have the gift of prophecy and and I can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have faith that can move a mountain and I have not love, he said, I'm nothing. Listen, if I could tell you what tomorrow holds, if I had all the prophecies, if I knew what next week held for you, if I had all the knowledge in the world, if I could figure out any riddle and, and have all the wisdom, And I had the faith to say, mountain, get up from over here and go over there. That would be pretty cool. But if I do that and I don't have love, it's nothing. Are you getting it yet? If I don't have love, it's nothing. He goes on and he says this. If I give all I possess to the poor and I surrender my body to the flames, but I have not love, 
I gave nothing. When we give, why do you give? Do you give to get? Because that's the wrong motive. Paul says, if I gave everything that I had away and I laid my body down in the stake to be burned, but I didn't love, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Love is the key to everything. And on this Valentine's Day, my prayer for you as we unpack this message this morning, if you have not experienced God's love in your life, today may be the day that you give your heart to God and experience a love like no other, a love that will never leave you, a love that will never forsake you, a love that will never give up on you. It's a love that continues on and on and on. So let's kind of walk through this. Let me read through here real quick. And we're going to come back and just and just park on some of them for a few moments. In uh, chapter 13, um, verse number four, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes and it always perseveres. Jump down to verse 13 with me. And now these three remain. There's faith and hope and love. And the greatest of these is love. It's God's love that will never, ever give up on you. He's waiting on you. And so as we look through here, love is patient. You know, the King James Version says it like this, that it suffereth long. Love suffereth long. And pretty much what that means, that love has the capacity to endure. That no matter what it is, love, if it's God's love especially, it has the capacity to endure and carry through. I know today that God was watching me and he was patiently waiting on me. He would say, come on, boy, I know you got that in you. Come on, boy, I know you got that in you. Come on, I know you got it. Patiently, God, he never quit. He patiently waited on me because love endures forever. It has that capacity to go on and on and on. Now, maybe some of you just don't grasp that. Let me give it to you in a practical way, what what this patient love is all about. And this is for the men, okay? Can I speak to the men for a minute? At least one of them, okay? So let me... uh, let Let me speak to you just for a minute. And I want you to hear this. I need you to lean in here. Come here. Seriously, lean in here. Let me tell you what patient love is not. Patient love is not you sitting in the yard waiting on your wife blowing the horn. That is not patient love. Does that make sense to you this morning? That's not what we're talking about here. Because patient love, it has the ability and the capability for endurance. It's patient. It waits. And I know when I begin to look at this crowd from the back to the front and all around, I, I understand that there's no one here who has a coworker or a family member or a neighbor that you have to be patient with. They're all on time, right? Love is patient. It endures. It has the capability to endure. Love is kind. Love is is something that it's it 
takes second. You know, when you truly love, you take second place. If I could draw a picture for you this morning of what kind love looks like, it would look like this. It would look like the cross where Jesus Christ gave his life. He said, I'll do that. I'm going to let them go free, and I'll step back and take that. He said, I'll take all the sins of the world. I'll take all the I'll take all the misses of everything, and I'll take them because he deserved none of that. But he took it all for me and for you. You want to know what kind love looks like? It's like being second sometimes. It's like you stepping back. And letting someone else have that parking place. It's like you opening the door instead of you running. Let somebody else go in before you. It's this thing where in your marriages, it's not about you guys. You know, the Bible says that in Ephesians. He says, you know, love your your wife as much as you love who? Yourself. Some of y'all read that. The other ones learned that today. Love your wife as much as you love yourself. So if you love your wife, then step back. And this ain't a beat up dad's day. I'm just telling you, just step back. Maybe some of you women need to take a step back. All right, that's a two-way street in there. It's flexibility. But love does this. Love is kind. It takes the second place and puts others first. Love's not envy. It's not jealous. Listen, when somebody advances, love doesn't get a rubber lip. Love celebrates. Love celebrates success in your workplace, in your community. When somebody gets that raise and somebody gets that promotion, if you're truly loving in a godly way, it doesn't look down. It's not displeased. Love celebrates and it lifts up others. And today, God loves you that much. And and he just wants that relationship with you. And so... Love does not envy. It's not jealous. It celebrates when others live. It doesn't boast. Love doesn't boast. And and the biggest picture that I could think about that is, uh, actually, if you search this word back some on this boast and you begin to run it back, it, it says what Paul was talking about here is like being a windbag. Y'all know any windbags? It's all about me. I did this, and I did that, and I'm all this in a bag of chips, as Pastor Clay would say, right? That's not love. Love does not boast. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't do that. As a matter of fact, love doesn't look inwardly. It thinks more highly of others than it does itself. And when you begin to practice that love and you begin to think about that, listen, Jesus thought more about me than he did himself. He didn't say, Billy, you go up there and I'll cross. I'll go down that cross and you get to go free. I'll pay the price. That's what love looks like. And he stuck back and he did it so that I could have that relationship with a holy God. Love is not proud. You see, God and and pride, man, they they just don't mix together as oil and water. You ever hear that saying, oil and water don't mix? Pride in God and, and God's love. There's no room for that. No way, no shape, no form. It just doesn't happen that way. God's love is always humble. And it's bold, but it's never cocky. It's never arrogant. It's never in your face. It, it's, a, it's a love that, that is about giving of itself rather than proclaiming itself. Love is about giving of itself, not look at me. It's about the outward. That's what God's love is about this morning. 
Love is not self-seeking and it's not easily angered. And so when we think about this, I really just think it's somewhere in our mind's eye. If we could just burn the image of the cross, that every time we look out, we see the cross first. Because when we can see that, it will always remind us, hey, this is not about me. Love is not self-seeking. This is not for my gain. Love is for others. And that's what Jesus did for you and I through that cross. He didn't gain anything from it. But we gained all from it because of what he did. So it's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. And it's not ready to, to be offended at the drop of the hat. I mean, when my kids were smaller and they're all grown now, and I got two grandkids and one on the way, and I don't even feel that old. But anyway, we would go on trips, and I would dread these five-minute trips to town because they'd sit in the back seat and, you know, he touched me. He's on my side. He's on the line. And it was just constant. Love's not touchy like that. Love's not easily offended. And I was just kidding about the five-minute trips. Normally, it was the 10 ones that really got me. But, you know, it's just, if you think about love, it's not that way. It's not touchy. It's not offended easily. It takes on, and and if you're married here today, the biggest word in your vocabulary when it comes to marriage ought to be the word flexibility because it gives and it takes. It gives and it takes. It's not solid right there. It's not touchy. Oh, you got to do that. That's not love. Love gives and it takes. It thinks of others more than than yourself. And so we have to understand that today. Love keeps no record of wrong. And I'll be honest with you. I could stop right here and say, let's just put it in park. And for the rest of the day, let's talk about this one. Love keeps no records of wrong. You see, God doesn't have a filing cabinet in heaven. And every time we mess up... Put that in there. Oh, there it is again. Put it in there. Some of you who think that, you know, God loves you, but you're so, so freaked out about when I get to heaven one day, God's going to pull out this drawer of all these things and he's just waiting to get me. It's not the love that God is. My Bible says when I confess my sins, that he is faithful and just to cleanse me from all my unrighteousness and to keep me. Listen, my sins, when I confess my sins to God, the Bible says they are cast as far as the east to the west and put into the deepest ocean, never to be remembered again. Thank the Lord. Because love keeps no records of wrong. God's love doesn't do that. And I understand, okay, I live in the real world. I meet people every day, and I know sitting here today, there's a good chance that some of you have been hurt by somebody who said, I love you. Some of you have been disappointed by somebody who said, I love you. And you've put up this little wall around there, and, and, and you're carrying maybe a grudge or something that hurts, because love, love doesn't carry grudges either. You see, God has a plan for your life. And God's plan is not for you to live in the there there and then. God wants you to live in the here and now because he's got a purpose for you. And as long as you live back there, you'll never be able to get what God has you for the here and now because you can't get away from the there and then because you won't let go because love keeps no records. And I understand, okay? There are some people that they're just poison. I understand that. 
So what you have to do is you have to put boundaries up that they can come this far into my life. They're not going to hurt me no more. They're not going to drag me down no more. And so I'm going to love them and I'm going to forgive them and I'm going to let them come this close. But that's it. Because love keeps no records of wrong. Because what you do is you carry that ball and chain around your life. You carry so much luggage. There's some of you who walked in here today and know we didn't see it in your hands. There's some of y'all carrying some luggage in here today that you've been carrying for the last four months, the last four years, the last 40 years, because you won't let it go. Love keeps no records of wrong. You're only hurting yourself to keep hanging on to that. You need to let it go and experience what God has for you in your life. God wants to do great things for you. Love doesn't delight in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. When something happens bad to somebody that's not your best friend or not your favorite person, love doesn't stand back and say, yeah, they got what they deserved. I'll know somebody that did that. Any of y'all ever do that? Come on, man. That's not love. That's not the love we're talking about here. The Bible says that love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. And see, Jesus said this in John chapter 14, verse 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is the truth. And listen to me this morning. Love cannot rejoice where truth is not offered. Did you catch that? Love cannot rejoice where truth is not offered. And I'm giving you some truth this morning. God loves you and you ought to be able to rejoice about that because that's truth. He's truth. Love protects and it trusts. Love hopes and it perseveres. It's something how... This thing called love, the, the protection. You say, well, how, what does that look like? What do you mean love protects? Love overcomes the obstacle of a lot of things, doesn't it? I mean, love conceals. It overlooks the displeasing in other. If we truly love people, whether we know them, whether we don't know them, whether they're in the family or out of the family of God, love can overlook all of these things because love protects that. God loved you and he loved me just where he found me. You know, I remember pastoring in Greensboro, North Carolina, and this lady would come, and, and she was uh, from the, uh, um, I think, from New York somewhere, and she was in the Catholic faith. And that's cool, man, because they're going to be in heaven too. And so uh, I remember her standing on my back porch and talking to her, and, and she says, well, she called me Father. <laughs> I'm a pastor. What did I call you, Father? And I said, no, no, just call me Pastor Billy. But this is what she said to me. She says, when I get my life straightened out, then I'll come to church and God can love me. Where did that come from, man? That didn't come from the, from the gates of heaven. That was whispered from the pits of hell because God loved me and God loves you exactly where you are. And love protects and not only does it protect, but love trust. It doesn't throw in the towel. It's not easily, it's easy, you know, love is easy to believe the best in everybody. And, and I don't know about you, and there's in my life, if my life was a book, there's probably two or three chapters in that book that I wish wasn't in that book, but they're there. 
And and those are chapters that God didn't write that. That wasn't his plan for my I wrote those books. I wrote those chapters in my life. But God patiently waited for me. And he loved me. And he believed in me. And he took me where I was at. And he brought me to where I am today. And because of that great love, God will do that in my life. He will do that in your life if you will just trust him and, and think of the best. You know what? I wish that when people think about me, whether when I'm gone or whether I'm here, I hope that you remember my best days and not my worst days. Remember me about the good things and not the bad things, because I'm telling you this morning, God wants you in the here and now because your best days are in front of you. They're not behind you. You learn from those things. You get past those things. You pick up, you dust off, and you can keep walking because your best days are in front of you. You need to trust God because love trusts, and it hopes, and it perseveres. It stays to the end. You might be here today and and you stood at an altar with somebody and you said, I do forever and ever and a day till death do us part. And they're not in the picture no more. And I'm sorry. And I understand it just happens. And so I'm not knocking you if that's you here today because I just want you to know you probably wasn't the first and you're not going to be the last. But I don't want you to take that vow and that love, that word love that somebody said to you, they just threw it away. And compare that to the love that God Almighty has for you. And the love that he says that I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm never going to throw in the towel. I'm never going to give up on you. Nobody else loves you more than God loves you. And you need to know that this morning. Paul finished it up this in chapter 13. Verse 13, this is what he says. And now these three remain. There's the faith and hope and love. And the greatest of this is love. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. Whether God calls us home or that trumpet sounds and we all end up in heaven one day, you won't need a faith anymore because you're going to be there. You don't have to worry about hope anymore because you're going to be there. So those things kind of go. But the greatest that will endure forever and ever and ever is the love of God. Church, God loves you this morning. And I may be speaking to people today that for whatever your circumstances is, whatever your situation is, somewhere in your journey, somebody messed you up with that word called love and it's been out of focus in your mind and you've been disillusioned about this thing called love. I want you to know today there's a love that will cover it all. The Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 16, that for God so loved, and he didn't just flippantly throw that word out there. God didn't give us lip service, man. He gave the real deal when he sent Jesus to this earth to take our sins. God said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, and that's us, everyone in here today, everyone that can hear the sound of my voice, if you're at the Whiteville campus, if you're online out there, that's you today, the whosoever's, that God so loved that he gave this only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him should not perish and have everlasting life. Wouldn't it be great that Valentine's Day 2016 was the day that you could remember that that's the day that I gave my heart to God because he loved me like nobody has ever loved me. And he will continue to love me 
like no one will ever love you if you just trust in him. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth, believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you can be saved. That's what it is. Confess with our mouths, believe in our heart that God loved me so much he sent his son Jesus to that cross who died and who was buried and that he was raised from the dead. And if I believe that in my heart and I confess that with my mouth, I can be saved and I will experience a love that will never, ever, ever forsake me. It's good news this morning. Would you bow your heads with me today? I really don't know you guys. Maybe some faces I recognize, but I don't know you personally. I don't know what yesterday held for you. I don't. And you may be bruised and you may be battered and you may be broken this morning and you don't even want to hear the word love today because you've been hurt so bad by this word called love. You may be here and you've never experienced God's love in your life. Today, I want to give you that opportunity. And it would be something like this. You would say, Dear God, man, this thing called love has really beat me up. It's knocked me down. And I'm not really understanding what this worldly love is, but I sure want to experience what God's love is in my life. And I believe today that you sent your son Jesus to die on that cross. I believe today that his blood cleansed my sins I believe that he was buried in a tomb and three days later he arose and God you said if I just say that and confess it and believe it in my heart that I could be saved and today Lord I want to know that kind of love in my life if that's you here today and you said a prayer something like that I want to pray for you I'm not coming after you we're not going to shine a spotlight on you I just want to pray for you if that's you here today would you just lift your hand up so I can pray for you is that you anywhere today I want to experience God's love in my life. Good. Maybe you're here. Remember this, love has no records of wrongs. Maybe you're one of those who's been carrying the four months, four years, 40 years things in your life, and you're not really experienced the love that God wants you because you're not letting go of yesterday. I want to pray for you. I just want to know who I'm praying for. So if that's you here today, would you just put your hand out and put it right back down? I want to pray for you. God bless you. Yeah, God bless you all over this place, man. God bless you. Jesus, and you are so awesome. Your love is unconditional. It finds us just where we are. It takes it just like we are. And you begin to make new things out of us. Your word says that that if we are in Christ, we're a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Lord, I pray today for those hands who are raised, for those who today are beginning the journey of love, God's love, in a love that will not disappoint them. Lord, I pray today that you would encourage them and help them. Lord, those who walked in here with baggage, God, may they walk out of these doors different than the way they came in here. May they walk out of here, Lord, with a peace that they've never felt before and only because of God's love. If you said that prayer this morning and you believe that in your heart, you confess it with your mouth, 
then when we're done in just a few minutes, there's a door to the right, to the left. We want to help you on this journey. We got a, a best day ever bag we want to give you. It's got God's word in it. It's got some tools in there that'll help you as you begin this journey. So if you prayed that prayer today, you meant that in your heart today, can we help you as we begin this new journey? And, and so you move that way when we finish up there. So Father, for all that said, for all that's done today, Lord, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise because you alone are worthy. Amen.